Corporate to Calm podcast. In 2017, I realized my personal life was completely at odds with my professional life. I am now on a journey to speak with entrepreneurs, community leaders, and beyond to discover what motivated them to make the change, what motivated them to move from corporate to calm. You are very welcome to season two, episode one of the Corporate to Calm podcast. I can't believe we are finally here. Um, I'm so thrilled to have you guys on this journey again. My first guest this season is Ariana Yeomans Keenahan. Ariana is the founder of Wellfed Photography. She specializes in breastfeeding shoots, family shoots, and basically she is looking to provide a photographic experience to families from the start of their family right through to all of the special occasions through a family's life. Not only that, she is an avid learner, teacher, podcaster, and an overall special soul. I cannot wait for you to listen to Ariana's journey from corporate to camp. Hey Ariana, how are you? I am well, and yourself? I am good, I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the Corporate to Calm podcast. Um, Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Please introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about you. Yeah, so my name is Ariana Yeomans Keenahan, and I started Wellfed Photography around four years ago. And really, it was this desire to give families the gift of conscious mindful time spent together as a family because it was something that I was craving tremendously who were experiencing breastfeeding and capturing that time in their family's history because so many people don't think to do that so that was really kind of the beginnings and I'm also a mother of two and I have an amazing husband who's Irish you can probably hear from my voice that I am American but I've lived in Ireland for eight years so that's me just just briefly anyway and wh- where did you begin your career previous to well-fed photography? Well, I'm a very multi-passionate human being. And what I found is that my gifts and talents and the things that I'm naturally drawn to are kind of the common thread through the various things that I've done. But I actually started at a newspaper. So yeah. I was photographing and writing. And what I didn't realize at the time was how much it was going to complement what I do now um, because I was capturing life as it was happening. I was writing about it. I was photographing it. And then later (laughs) I was working in prisons and jails, which is probably like a big shocker. Um, And what that taught me was how to see people. So I was working with individuals who are so often not seen their, their own gifts and talents are not recognized. And luckily I was in a helping role within prisons and jails. So I was there to help them. And therefore, I was in a position to really see and sit with and be with them. And what I found was that if you can sit with people who are considered the lowest level of society and you can see them for who they really are, then you can take that and see anyone else you come in contact with, whether it's someone on a bus, someone that you meet while traveling or the people that I photograph in a completely different way than maybe someone else who might. So that was one thing that I did. And then also I worked in property services as well. I got my higher certificate in real estate while I was in Ireland, which is a two-year course. And yeah, so I worked in property services, but I was really coaching people on how to run businesses. I wasn't selling properties. I was coaching people on that, which really helped with having my business. Wow. So So that is, 
that is a checkered past um <laughs> yeah that, that that's kind of but it's funny because it's all um leading to human interaction really though isn't it that's the whole yeah you, you can see the evolution of where you are now which is absolutely amazing what was the catalyst for you to start well-fed photography what 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 drove you to do that yeah, well, I'd one thing I did mention was that I'd had a photography business on the side in the States for around five years. Okay. And I kind of bought into that lie that you could only be a starving artist or you can only do something artistic on the side. You could never have it as a full-time job. So I kind of kept it on the side and then left it behind um, when I came to Ireland. And I was working in property services. I ended up becoming a mother finally after like a year and a half of trying to conceive. And I just knew pretty much from the time that I was pregnant that I wanted to have that time to be a mother. And so during my maternity leave, I tried and tried and tried for months to work out flexible terms with the company I was working for. And there were a lot of no's there. And I just decided, okay, I'm hearing no's for a reason. I should really just listen to them and do with do what my heart wants me to do which is to not go back to work but I also knew that I wanted to do something and I kind of I, I I'm really guided by my intuition and my internal knowing and people can call it God they can call it source they can call it I call it my inner knowing yeah. and um, I do feel like they're divine messages and so I followed that which was telling me to start this business to support other families and to really immerse myself into family life but also have a business where I could serve others through my own gifts and talents as well that's amazing it's just it's you know it is just about having a business and making money for your family but actually helping people while you do it it's not it's it's I suppose it's it's a little calling rather than you know um a capitalist venture as well you know that way it's like yeah, yeah I, I agree it's like if there was no service component to it if I wasn't connecting with families if I wasn't being of service to them through my own gifts and talents and sharing that which is what I feel we're all here to do um, it would not have the same feeling for me I would not be nearly as dedicated to it I wouldn't have kept going when there was no evidence that I would succeed like it was truly the service and knowing what was possible that kept me going in the early days when there was no evidence that it was going to survive or thrive or actually be here four years later. And tell me, does Wellfed Photography have a mission statement? Do you have a mission statement in life? Yeah, I think the, the business itself is so about creating that conscious, mindful time spent together as a family. So that's more of what is out there in the open because the photo sessions through WellFed, they're not, it's not about standing in front of a camera and having someone press a button. It really truly is about taking an opportunity to tune into one another and remember like why you're doing the things that you're doing in your life for, especially for parents that are going through the motions and maybe sometimes they forget why they're going off to work or why they're starting their own businesses or why they're doing the things that they're doing to support their families. It really brings everything home um and it's that perfect reminder and then the photographs that they get to enjoy just reflect that back to them and um so that's kind of the business side of it is to provide that opportunity for families and that's what most people say it's like I forgot what it felt like to just take a step back 
you know, because they, they're not on their phones whenever they're doing photo sessions. They're not thinking about all the other things. They're truly together. From the back end perspective, like as I'm operating and doing things for the business that other people are, um, our mission is to do everything, whether it's chatting with my accountant, doing the bookkeeping or doing social media is to do everything from a space of joy, love and appreciation. And I feel like whenever you're in that, that mind frame, the heart space of joy, love and appreciation, everything that you do will make that positive impact. If you're not operating from that space, then it's an indicator that it's time to take a moment away, meditate, take a walk, journal, or just go enjoy your family and come back later. So that's really a good way to, it's kind of like how we decide um, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing or if we need to take a moment and then come back. Yeah, I love that as well. It is sometimes about just clearing the head and, and you know, you might be doing something that you're not meant to be doing or your creative, your creativity is being blocked and you need to go and just ponder on that and see. Um, tell me about being a breastfeeding advocate and like this is the very essence of helping others. Oh, well, thank you so much. Firstly, um, I was blessed to come from a family where breastfeeding was just normal. Uh, my grandmother breastfed all six of her children and did natural term breastfeeding. And she had her first child, just to tell you, she like eloped at the age of 15. Her dad found out later and made her get like a proper wedding when she was 16. And I mean, she was married to my grandfather for 50 years until he passed away. Yeah. But um, she had six children. And during that time, she breastfed them all. And I remember her talking about even when like my aunts had challenges breastfeeding, she would take them to the doctor or do whatever she needed to do to find a specialist that could help them. So I kind of grew up with that knowledge of my own family. Um, and then whatever I went on to become a mother, I did not get the birth that I wanted to have. Um, I wanted that natural home birth, went for the home birth, ended up being transferred to the hospital, had a cesarean that I hadn't expected and went through this really emotional time of feeling like my body had failed me. You know, it was already challenging to conceive. Um, I faced some challenges during pregnancy and then I didn't get the labor and birth experience that I had wanted to have, but breastfeeding worked. So it was the one thing that enabled me to keep faith in my body and see it as the powerful, um, you know, thing that it was. And it made me understand that we have so much more within us that we're capable of. And it allowed me to connect into the more feminine side of who I am, which I had not done before. And that was really helpful. So what I wanted to do was to help more people have that transformative experience if I could. So I've been working on a book of breastfeeding stories, which will probably end up being multiple books at this stage. We've done a lot, a lot, a lot of work. So I think it's gonna be, I think it's very safe to say it's going to be more than one book. But my hope with it was for people to be able to see breastfeeding in very normal environments, to normalize it, for people to see it, make sense of it, and for people to hear stories from others who have actually gone before them and what their experiences have been like. And it's such a full range of experiences. It's not just putting baby to breast. This is like people that exclusively pump. It's people who have experienced abuse in relationships and have gone on to breastfeed. It's, it's, there's just so much there. 
um, people who are working in very male-dominated uh, workplaces and trying to navigate pumping and taking care of their breasts at the same time as working around a lot of male colleagues. Um, there's, there's so much in the books, but my hope with it was that for people who want to breastfeed or who are curious about it, that it might open up the door or the window of opportunity for them to follow that desire and feel supported in doing so. So I had the support of family and some people don't have that, yeah. but hopefully this book full of other, other individuals to make them feel like they have a support system, a support network around them. I love um, that. And yeah, because this country, the breastfeeding rates are still so low and obviously the formula companies are pumping so much money into marketing and everything like that. And it, that leads into like your breastfeeding sessions. I have so few photographs of me breastfeeding my children. It's such a huge regret that I don't have more photographs and I really cherish the ones that I have. So that's just phenomenal that that is offered because it's not you don't you see people with family portraits, big occasions and this is huge in a woman's life in a family's life as well not just you know for for a partner too um so tell me about your breastfeeding photography sessions because they're just some of the images are beautiful Most, thank all you the images are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so so much and I'm looking forward to being able to release a lot more once the book comes out because I've done so I've photographed so many amazing people um and their children all particularly last year and this year too but uh, when I started well-fed photography, I really wanted to be a breastfeeding photographer, but I made it more general because I had a lot of fear that people would think that was weird, to be quite honest. Um, but it's something that I love and connect with, and it's something that I can literally feel. Like when I'm when I'm photographing a family and there's a breastfeeding moment, it's like I can feel what that mother's feeling. I can feel the closeness, the connection, um, and it's a beautiful moment for me, and it's a beautiful moment for them. And I wanted to provide a safe space for people to have that because I hear all the time from prospective clients and from past clients that have said, you know, when I was being photographed by someone else, I really wanted those breastfeeding shots, but I was afraid to ask, or I just awkwardly asked, or um, they sat me on a stool and it was really uncomfortable and they just didn't get it. You know, they didn't understand or they didn't have experience. So I wanted to be a safe space for families to be able to come to, to say, this is what we want. And can you do this for us? And uh, yeah, so it's a joy. It's an absolute joy to be able to capture that part of family's histories. It really is. And um, like that, that is the thing, like, through normalizing the idea of breastfeeding then we normalize the idea of taking images of yes. breastfeeding families and everything like that so it is something that like are you literally the only photographer that that does it in <laughs> Ireland like I don't know of any you know you see, all, all you see is like the sessions in the gardens and the sessions here and that and then it's like this is a service that you offer which is just amazing well, thank you so much. Um, I think we are like the leading breastfeeding photography services in Ireland. I don't know of anyone else that actually have that as their, you know, it's like it's our it's in our name. So I don't know of anyone else that has it uh, at the forefront like that. But I certainly encourage other photographers to offer that in their services because I don't want to be the only one. You know, I want to make sure 
um, like we're delighted to be of service to families, but I would love for people around the world, no matter where they are, to be able to have access to that for their family and to be able to preserve those precious memories that are gone all too soon. Even if you, even if you feed for six years, like when you look back on it, like that's still such a small amount of time in the grand scheme of your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then evolving into um, your, your family art, which it's, such um it, it's that's an unusual concept too now to have a subscription payment service rather than you know paying for your occasions and everything like that is it somewhere that you see the marketplace going to that that t- type of idea or is this like this is another uniquely um uh, like uniquely different idea outside <laughs> photography yeah i i have to say Throughout all of the years of my businesses, I've always had a lot of clarity around where we were going, what we were doing. But then at the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021, I started to get this fogginess and it was like, it's like driving a car and you could only see like a foot in front of you. And I just was like, where are we going with this? What? There's something there, but I'm just not sure what it is. And I actually ended up doing a rapid transformational therapy uh, session through someone called Gabby Abrams, who's been on our podcast, Living a Life Well Fed, before. And that opened, uh, it cleared the fog, it opened up everything. And then that was when the membership idea came to me. And what I realized was that it allows us to be of our highest service because, you know, you have people who come in and maybe they could have, in the old way of doing things, maybe they could have easily afforded um, a photo session fee, for example, then they get into the ordering room and they're in love with so many photographs and maybe they're not prepared financially for that investment. So I wanted to make it more transparent, like what that overall investment would be, provide families with an opportunity to build that into their yearly um, budgeting or their yearly financials. And for people that prioritize this and they know they want it year after year, it's just, it's built in, it's done. We are not looking to be a photographer like for these families once, like we're looking to be their photographer for life. So my thoughts are always, how can we make that easier for them? How can we make that easier for them? And once they built a relationship, it's like you don't necessarily want loads of different people coming into your home or going to places that are important to you or having photographs of your family on their computers and on external hard drives. Like, so if you build a great relationship with someone that you do trust, it's like, how do we just make it easier? And so that they're not having to remember, oh, it's August, it's time for us to do family photographs again. It's like, um, and some of our membership, we have different tiers. So the first tier is just one photo session a year and the family art collection that comes with it. But our other two tiers have two photo sessions a year. So for, for example, like my son was born in February and my daughter was born in August. It's six months apart. It's a great opportunity to have both of their birthdays captured or around that time. And so I wanted to be able to make sure that families could have options. They could have photography services or a photographer on call that they could reach out to and know would be there to support them, regardless of like what's going on throughout the year or what time of year. It's just kind of built in. It's just a service that's available to them. So that was where the membership came from. And I literally like Googled, I was searching, I was just trying to see if anyone else is doing this and no one is. And so I would love to get it to a point where it's teachable, where I can license it and teach it to other photographers because it works so well for both sides. Like it works so well for families to be able to create um, 
a budget around this and just build it into their monthly financials or every six months or however else they want to break it down. But for business owners, like it's also great to know that that income is coming in regularly and it gives you a better way to project what is going to be coming in month after month versus with the traditional way of doing photo sessions. Like you might have one or two here and then a lull and then five there and then a lull. And I think it just makes things more steady for both sides. And yeah, I've, I've loved it. And it's just a matter of being able to educate people on how it works, why it's of so much value and letting them know that it's available. So that's, that's it really, isn't it? And I mean, it's, it's, if you capture those early moments um, when a child is born and that breastfeeding journey, it's the rapport and the trust that you yes. build. That's, that's this cementing fact, like, because, you know, if they like you coming into their personal space and everything like that, that's what, that's what it's about. It's such, it's such a unique idea. It's brilliant. And the, it's the pragmatics of it as well. And the practicality of building it in, because as you say, there are so many people who, oh yeah, we'll do a photo session and these, you know, chains are like, 10 euros and then it's like you go in and it's like you're asking me to pick between my children you're asking me to pick and then all of a sudden 500 euros has been dropped without even realizing yeah you know yeah exactly what you're talking about which I I love the practicality behind it as well well I just wanted to be upfront and honest and you know it's not for everyone it is an investment I think no matter which way you go with photography services it's going to be investment but um I just wanted it to be a more honest and open and upfront opportunity for people to see what that investment is and to have choices. And another thing that I feel is important too, you know, when we're talking about the comfort of having someone come into your home, like we are not the photography services that are going to be like, can we use your photographs for advertising and promotion? It's like, if you're comfortable with that, then perfect. We'll have you sign the model release. If you would prefer your children not to be on social media and on our website, we are perfectly happy with that too. And I am so vigilant about this because of how I am with my own family. And so um, I see all the time in photographer groups kind of behind the scenes that photographers are like upset about this. They're like, I've got all these beautiful photographs that we can't put them you know, on social media or online to use them to promote our services. But to me, I say when I post is if you have families who are over the moon happy with those photographs that they cannot help but show people and tell their friends and family that is going to do far more for you than posting a photograph on social media. Yeah, 100%. So, that's, that's our take on that. <laughs> but yeah, but that's it. You have a, a target market there. It's like, I suppose it's the whole thing about getting obsessed about social media following. They're not your sales like they're, they're not where your sales are coming from they're coming yes. from the word of mouth from the family that you you've photographed so yeah exactly and that makes so much sense as, sense as well and that's the trust um thing um too that's yeah I just it's two such unique ideas but just building trust and building building a lifetime and and as well as that it's it's the whole aspect that those kids grow into adults and growing and graduate college and maybe have kids you know it's it's perpetual nearly you know it's which is yes well one of my dreams is that like the kids who are kids now growing up eventually meeting one another like from other families and I just have this vision of like 
like say this couple are getting to know the other person's family and they're over at their house for dinner or something and seeing one of our folio boxes and saying, oh my gosh, we have one of those too, or a few of those, or we have albums with this. And it being a connecting point that people have that brings them together. You know, it's like they both have had those experiences. They both know the same person or the same people. And yeah, so I think it's it's really powerful when you look at 20, 30 years down the road, what's possible. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, something completely different. Um, okay. <laughs> this, came, this came up, we, we had our chat. Um, I, can you believe how long ago that was? I know. Oh, it, like, that was at the start of the year. And we had discussed, um, we had discussed so many different aspects. But one thing that came up that I hadn't expected to come up was the idea of skinny shaming. And it was the idea of um, people saying to you, like, you're, you don't eat or you're too thin or because as a society, we are so caught up with, I, I've interviewed a few people actually and this morning I interviewed somebody and it was it was around this as well we're so caught up with that perfect body and the ideal and being thinner and just instead of accepting our tummies big or small just always seeking something that we can't have I suppose um more than anything else and just just wanted to chat a little bit about it and because you know that really it, it was such an eye-opener for me previously um the conversation that we had and just how it has affected you being a, a smaller person I don't want to say a skinnier person you know, <laughs> it's you know but it's it's that you know you you had talked about not being able to put on weight when you had the kids and you know people oh you need to eat more calories you need to, it's like you, you don't live with me you don't know yeah, I think it's one of those things where in an effort to try to be more inclusive, everyone is using terms like real women has actually cut off other sector of society. And so, you know, I hear that term real woman, me cringe a little bit because I understand the meaning behind it. But a lot of times it's um, cutting off maybe do look like models or maybe they do have a leaner body or maybe do have that stereotypical um, beautiful look that we see in magazines or any of those types of things. And it's like, those are people too. And I just would love to see, I don't know what the term should be, but just body acceptance or body love or self-love or self-acceptance. Um, because I think what we miss out on is everyone thinks the other person has it better, right? So I feel like people with, you know, or maybe not really, but just as an example, like if someone who's smaller and they've been kind of shamed for being smaller and they've been called not a real woman and they've been told by example, I was told by a male colleague that, um, you know, I was too skinny for him. I was not trying to get with him anyway, <laughs> But he was like, no, I like real women. I like curvy women. Um, you don't have what I'm looking for, which was funny because like we were in no way going to have a relationship anyway, but he felt comfortable to say those types of things to me. And that's just one example of, or, you know, people saying, but um, so you could have the impression that someone who's thinner sees someone with like a Kim Kardashian curvaceous body and they could think 
they've got it better, clothes fit them better, people desire them more, or you could have a curvaceous body and see someone with a thinner body and think they've got it better because clothes fit them better and they're leaner and this is what society wants. So I think the whole crux of it is to stop looking outside of ourselves and stop looking for the opposite of what we are and trying to be that and really turning inward and sitting with ourselves and taking time to appreciate who we are, how our body functions, the things that it does for us. And we all have our own unique challenges, regardless of whatever body that we're in. And we also have our own unique strengths and beautiful things about us, regardless of what body we're in. So I think it's really more about removing shame or guilt or feelings where we're inferior and instead saying, you know what? I am pretty damn amazing. I love the absolute fuck out of myself. Like, I, I'm sorry, I can cuss on that's just okay, like, that's okay. like this probably isn't fitting in with how I typically um, would speak to families, but it's, it's the truth of like bringing that feeling and that emotion, emotion into really loving yourself yeah. and feeling yourself up from the inside out. And that external validation or what that person says really means a lot less to you at that stage once you are full from within. So I, um, yeah, just take time every day to appreciate my body, even little rituals like um, putting essential oils into my lotion. And as I'm lotioning my body, just saying arms, thank you. I love you. Legs, thank you. I love you. Tummy, thank you. I love you. Thank you for serving me today. And it's just like even something that takes a few seconds yeah. can make such a big difference. So those are some of the things that I do um, just to shift back into appreciation for my body. And that's and it, and it is it, and I, I I really love that because it is about just looking inward as opposed to looking outward and comparison and you know and it's 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 even I've I've noticed like this the like bigger women who are seeking a smaller body but then shaming women who are smaller because they're wearing a bikini or they're doing this or they and they but maybe that's not it's they have found that self-love I mean and it's not necessarily that you need to be a 10 to wear a bikini there are so many people who are rocking a size 20 a size 38 about and wearing a bikini as well it's just not pitting one each other against you know yes whatever size you are it doesn't matter you once once as you say thank you arms thank you legs thank you tummy because I mean that's the thing I I, I put up so much about my tummy it gave me my two children yes it's always going to go up and down and up and down no matter what like you know what stage of the month we are in you know so it's, yes it's about loving you rather than you know worrying about what everybody else is thinking or what how everybody else looks Absolutely. I even, um, I remember after having my daughter a few months postpartum, I was having a massage done and she massaged everything except for my tummy. And I was just like, would you give it some time and uh, attention? And she said, oh, um, I guess I could. And I said, you know, it's like the space where I held both of my children and I feel like it deserves that love and attention as well. And she was like, I never thought about it like that before, but you know, I guess there could be people that are worried and they don't want to have that physical connection when it comes to their bellies. But I feel the same, like it has served me and it deserves that love too. <laughs> and I think, isn't that so funny, but isn't that an area that a masseuse doesn't look after? It, it, like it's always about your back, your upper back, your lower back, your, but it is actually an area, area that doesn't get um, the attention it deserves. Oh, 
I'll point that out. The next time, that's, that's <laughs> it, top of my list. The next time I have um, a massage. Um, thank you so much for speaking about that because it is, it's, it's, it's such a, I don't know, it's a, it's a touchy subject for a lot of people, but it's not a touchy subject when you love yourself and, and, and you love yourself from within. Yeah. And I think I've seen, I've seen some absolute queens who are out there just like owning themselves, their bodies, who they are. And that's what I feel like is the ultimate goal. It's not a specific size or a weight or any of that. It's like, how comfortable can you be in your body? How much can you own? How amazing you are and be out there and be a a beacon of shining light for someone else who's wanting to go on that same journey. So that's what I always strive for. And I think if someone feels like they don't have a role model like that in their lives, become it. Like you just, you can. Own your amazing. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Um, Back to the photography um, side of things. And just, we've all had such a crazy two years, year and a half. Um, For Well-Fed Photography as a company, what was the most difficult thing over the 18 months or is it 18 is it 20 months of COVID (laughs) (laughs) was there any unforeseen opportunities we probably talked about you getting through the fog um for that but was there any other opportunities um that came out of the COVID situation yeah I think I'm going to talk about the opportunities first and then the challenges because the challenges tie into the opportunities and the opportunity was that my husband was able to be home with us and he was he was in a job where he couldn't work from home. So he was able to be the childcare while I was out there um, doing so much work on the book. And by out there, I mean, on Zoom, doing interviews for the book, um, whenever we were not in lockdown, going out to photograph people for the book, and just pouring into that. And also, um, that really filled up most of 2020. And I felt so lit up by that. And that's where the challenge came because my worry was, okay, I've had this amazing year of having help with childcare, of being able to pour into a project that lit me up and we're going into 2021 and I don't know what lies ahead, but I know I had a hell of a year that was amazing. I know a lot of people found it challenging, but for me, it was an amazing year and I was so worried that I would not be able to duplicate or surpass it. And then that's where the fog came in, but it was great because I had a a wonderful breakthrough as a result of it. Um, So that was one of the wonderful blessings as I started on the book just before the pandemic hit. And I had the space to really do a lot of the foundational work on it. And what it also led to was understanding that if I wanted to continue that lifestyle of not being solely at work at home, like trying to work while looking after two young children, I needed to set up supports to be able to make it so. So what I've done is now we have uh, an au pair that lives with us that contributes to childcare, cooking and cleaning. And that frees me up to work on the business and be a mother and also to have my own self-care. And so it's put us in a much better position to really live the life that we want to live um, versus just being kind of run down through trying to do everything. Yes. So my, I know you'd asked um, one of your questions ahead of the interview was around outsourcing. My outsourcing really had to start in the home first before I could move it to the business side of things. And there are certain things that I outsource in the business too. And I'm looking to go even further with that because I recognize how the quality of my work is far better when I'm doing the things that light me up versus doing the things that I feel like I should do or putting out fires or being responsive to things like even sitting down and doing emails takes so much time 
versus actually just doing the visionary kind of um, CEO level work that I really want to fill my time doing. <laughs> and you spoke about self-care there. So how, how do you switch off then? What do, what do you do for you? Mine has become, during lockdown, it was brilliant because my husband and I had this routine where, you know, I would take an hour of self-care, he would take an hour of self-care, and then I would go into work. So basically, you know, from there. So we each had our own hour before starting the day. Wow. And that was amazing. Shifted our lives incredibly. And then now it involves mostly having a separate workspace. Um, so that I'm not being interrupted. It involves meditation, um, yoga typically, and going out for walks. Those are the ways that I really take care of myself. And I uh, read books constantly or listen to audiobooks. So I'm very much care about personal transformation, how I can expand myself and grow and up level. So for me, all of that goes together. So when I'm taking care of myself, I can actually implement and integrate the things that I'm learning through courses and trainings um and if it weren't for that if it weren't for taking care of myself nutritiously physically mentally spiritually emotionally then it doesn't matter what I'm reading because I'm not going to have the energy to pour into changing and so yeah I don't know they all work together <laughs> and we spoke about that that sounds amazing by the way I'm definitely that I when we spoke about the hour for each each other um that's something that we definitely work on, like whether it's you say walking or playing tennis or something like that, you know, with just having that time for you because it it sets you up for the day. As you, yes. you know what I mean, it really it sets the day apart and you're not just kind of getting out of bed and working. You know? and, uh, another thing, Linda, that I started doing was um, once we came out of the lockdown is once a month, I send myself away to a beautiful hotel to just have that time. Amazing. It's like from three o'clock in the afternoon until 12 o'clock the next day. It's like, it's just me yeah. and I can order room service. I can close the curtains. I can get cozy. I can sleep a full nine or 10 hours and it just recharges me for the rest of the, you know, the month following. That's amazing. That is really good. So that, and in fairness, my next question to you is like, do you have any top tips for business owners to become more efficient? And that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I think like it all starts with self-care because if you're just running on fumes, you're never going to get the big stuff done that you want to get done. You might be able to handle some of the low-level stuff like responding to emails, but you're not going to be there for the actual big vision stuff. And one of the other tips is to prioritize two to three things a day and no more. Like the big ticket real items that you need to move your business forward. And that could be being visible and your business showing up. It could be selling. I once heard someone say this and it was life-changing for me. She was a, she had multiple businesses. Some were bricks and mortar businesses and some were online. So she was, did online coaching too. And she said, you know, my bricks and mortar businesses, people expect me to open those doors and sell every day and have people be able to purchase. In the online space, it's like, we've forgotten that. It's like, we're afraid to put ourselves out there to be visible, to make offers, to sell, because there's so much around building a nurturing relationship, which is true, but like our ability to be of service is through 
our products, the things that we offer through building a relationship there, it's not just a social media post. And so I think for entrepreneurs who are looking to be more efficient, it's like recognize that it's okay to be visible and make offers and sell your services. Because if you're only in the background answering emails or creating social media posts and not offering your services and selling your services, then you've really just created like a social media management position for yourself or an administrative position for yourself and you have not created a business. So it's very easy to get caught up in those things, but they're not the big rocks of it all. You can fit all of that around, you know, your big priorities for the day, but they cannot be the biggest priorities for you. That's uh, sound, sound advice. Um, do you have any projects in the pipeline? Do you have any other I know your your book is probably the priority at the moment, but do you, I'm, I'm, I, I look at you and I'm like, there's so much going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I there's so much that I want to put out in the world. And I think for me, the biggest challenge is taking it step by step and taking it gradually such that the foundation is able to stay firm and um, we can build off of that. So yeah, definitely it's going to be more than one book around breastfeeding. I would also love to do one that's called The Spirituality of Breastfeeding and have it be mostly focused on photographs and one or two lines from the individuals being photographed about the connection, the spiritual connection that it is to breastfeed, like the connection they have with their child, the connection they have to themselves, the connection they have to whatever else is out there in the world um, that you want to apply a name to. So I'd love to do that. Um, we have our Living Life Well Fed podcast, which we did the first season of, and I just tallied everything up and it was like 9,011 views and downloads in the first Amazing. season. I was so happy and delighted about that. And currently, um, it, it will be coming to an end by the time this airs, but I'm currently running a Women Creating Wealth 10K in 10 Days Challenge. So it's really inspiring other women and female um females in business or females who just maybe they're an employee or maybe they're a stay-at-home mom but encouraging them to try to manifest call in earn sell something um to to create 10k in 10 days for themselves and i'm bringing a lot of amazing interviews out for this from other women who are shifting and changing the landscape of women's wealth creation and i'm so excited and i'd love to do a few of those events too because like i said i'm a multi-passionate human being and i feel like um yeah it's like it's only of service so it's like if people are having fun they're learning something if they're shifting and changing for the better then the whole world wins so that's really what we're here to do I love it I love it um tell me something not a lot of people know about you I think that I think I already pretty much let it slip and that was the the prison work um people did not expect that in fact my nickname was jail barbie (laughs) by my colleagues (laughs) Because it was so unexpected. My other nickname was FBI because I had a colleague who was like, you know, like you're going to be walking in there and people are not going to believe that you're there for the reasons that you say you're there. Like they're going to think you have some like, like you're an investigator or something. Um, But I was there to work with people initially with from a mental health perspective. So I have um, degrees in psychology and criminal justice, a graduate degree in criminal justice. And I really care so much about people and their well-being and seeing their highest potential and that's really kind of been the trend in everything that I've done but that time period of working with people who are incarcerated and I also worked with people who are um, had recently released it was like 
some of the most beautiful life lessons that I could have ever, ever had. And I'm so grateful for that time. Like there were certain things that were traumatic about it, but also that taught me healing. It also taught me self-care and the importance of that. It taught me that we're meant to feel and express emotions as a means for taking care of ourselves. And um, it taught me how to see people, which has changed my relationships. It has changed how I parent and it's changed how I serve others through well-fed photography. So I think the biggest surprise is probably that I worked in prisons and jails and people ask me all the time, was I afraid? But truthfully, like I never was because I was there to help people and they knew that. And I feel like people are mirrors, you know, like whatever they receive, they reflect back. And so they knew I was there with good intentions and they always treated me with like kindness and politeness and their best manners. And I was working in the highest security level prisons. Like I worked in every prison in, in the state of Georgia. So I worked in them all and it didn't matter the level of security or the crime had been committed. Like I, I just received respect in return and it was the most incredible opportunity to have those life lessons and have them very early in my life. So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> that, that, that is, um, that's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, amazing. I, I, I'm lost for words at that. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking of you walking into a prison kind of like, you know, <laughs> I think I think I had that youthfulness on my side too. Cause I was 21 when I started working in prisons and, like I just had that youthful excitement and determination and my prefrontal cortex was not all the way formed yet. So like, I didn't have quite as much fear and yeah, like it all worked out. So yeah, it, it did. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so at Corporate Cam, we're about taking a risk to create your own happiness. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody right now who's kind of going, I want to start a photography business. I want to start a fitness business. I want to start a business. What would you say to them? Um, if you even have the smallest seed of desire, that's all it takes. Um, just that small seed of desire, just recognize it, acknowledge it, and be honest with yourself around it. Because a lot of people have that desire, but they don't allow themselves to follow it. So nurture it. You know, you can nurture it through getting excited to take a course, or you can nurture it through like, I don't know, reading a book about the subject matter, connecting with someone else who's done it or listening to podcasts like these. Um, and what I would say is that if you have fear around following that seed of desire, understand that the path is naturally made to strengthen your resilience and your faith. So you don't need to have, you don't need to be the most resilient person when you start out. You don't need to be the person with the strongest faith when you start out. You just need to start and trust that everything, every tool, every resource, every connection, every person, every bit of skills and knowledge will um, make itself known to you along the path. And your, your responsibility is just to keep walking down it. That's great. I love that. <laughs> um, every episode, I have an either or quick fire section. So I have some <laughs> either, ors, either ors for you. Um, to um, see see where you are. So quick fire answers. Um, okay. A painting or a photograph? Mm, this is interesting, Linda. My husband just my husband just got me an amazing painting. So actually, I'm going to say a painting for this one. The the city or the country? Country. Uh, the interviewer or the interviewee? 
I like being the interviewee. It's nice to switch it up for a little bit. Uh, tea or coffee? Tea. Uh, the right boob or the left boob? Which one's bigger? Let's see. The left is bigger and the right is, it hangs in there. It does its thing. They both, they're both great. <laughs> Online or face-to-face? Ooh, Zoom has made it really great to be able to connect behind the scenes. So either or, I, I'm happy with both. Uh, podcast or reading a book? Linda, these are challenging. Like, I love them both. Um, it's nice to listen to a podcast. It's really good to do that. Uh, sun or the slopes? Slopes. Uh, sweet or savory? I'm going to go sweet, although I love my savory too. <laughs> teaching or learning? What was that? Teaching or learning? I, I'm going to go teaching because I'm looking to feel more into that space. And um, a family session or a breastfeeding session. Ah! I typically get to have both at the same time. I think if I had to choose one or the other for the rest of my life, it would probably would truly be the breastfeeding photo sessions. Excellent. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? We shared quite a lot. Just thank you for, thank you for having me here. And thank you for, you know, when we talked about the, body shaming like thank you for being so open to hearing another perspective and for even asking me to speak about it today because I think it's so helpful that we can all open up and think about things from a different perspective and when we've got both sides it's such a more balanced place to make decisions from so um yeah like I love it thank you so much for asking me to be here you're so welcome um tell us all where we can get in touch with you where we can see your beautiful work Thank you. Um, wellfedphotography.com. We're also on social media and on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at uh, Wellfed Photography. And the Living Life Wellfed podcast, if you want to listen to Linda's episode, is there. Um, it's available on all major podcast platforms, and you can also watch them visually on YouTube. Thank you so much, Ariana, for taking the time to speak to me on the Corporate Cam podcast. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Linda. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Corporate to Calm podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review, or simply come back and listen to us next time. I'm Linda Monaghan, motivating you to make that leap from corporate to calm.